So to me, the, the impact of writing can really change your life. Now, so when you're going through grief, the reason that matters is that you know you can't walk through your whole life under that dark, heavy cloud. You know you can't do that. And so writing is a way to process your way out of that. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Today I have the pleasure of my first return guest, Kathy Curtis. Uh, Kathy has worked as a healing artist and a writer since 1991. Her programs support the transformation of grief, illness, and emotional barriers through creative expression. She's the author of Invisible Ink, which is a memoir about her own journey through grief. Its second edition, and this is the exciting uh, purpose of this uh, interview today, the second edition is going to be released January 1st of 2022. So uh, this is all very exciting. And what's beautiful is she has this unique writing process that has brought her a lot of healing and so many others a lot of healing. And that has been turned into a successful program that she offers online and at various venues in the Midwest. I just want to say thank you again, Kathy, for being on Self Talk. Well, thank you for having me back. This is wonderful. I know. It's a reunion. I know. (laughs) Since the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm very excited. So uh, full disclosure, I got an advanced copy of the book, which I've read. And um, but I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit of your background and how this book, Invisible Ink, came to be. I'd love to do that. You know, I felt drawn um, from a very young age to the outlet of journaling and art, and I pursued a fine art degree in college. I was thinking, you know, I need to I need to parlay all this into a good job, a good paying job. And so I went kind of a corporate route in my in my career. But I always had a longing to work with people and help them get the benefit of creative outlets the same way that I had gotten them. Mm. And so I developed just uh, I mean, just on the fly, I developed a program for women that had been through really, really challenging life circumstances. Mm. I developed a program for people that had been through a heart episode and the hospital hired me to be um, like week five of their 12 week rehab program. And I taught, you know, it's like, it's like there was no audience that I didn't go to that didn't, really respond well and the the doors just kept opening and it was just really gratifying work so I've been doing that for a long time and then my mother died of a very painful quick battle with cancer like no time and no time flat she was Mm. gone and so I did my own writing to get through that it was you know cathartic writing I had all these um just these moments that I couldn't get out of my head about that two and a half month period that were just like embedded in my head. And some were really awful and I needed to get them out of me, but some were beautiful and they, I didn't want to forget those. And so I wrote 
I wrote to her. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share with her my journey through the loss of her because she was morphined up like the whole time. And so we didn't really get to talk. And then I, I had a lot of the synchronistic things happen after her death mm-hmm. that left me feeling that um, she wanted to write back to me. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and I just took a leap of faith that it was going to be healthy and helpful. And it was beyond all that. It was so deeply, profoundly healing to me to allow her to write back. Mm-hmm. But I then put my letters to her and her letters back to me in a little book. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it, you know, it incorporated a lot of the whole mystery around death that I didn't feel anybody was talking about back then. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I needed to figure it all out. You know, I had, to, I had weird things happen where I'd feel like she was visiting me and then I'd talk myself out of it. Like, no, I'd get all rational. Like, no, that can't be happening. But the truth is, that part of my journey through grief is the most healing part that I had. Mm. And so when I took my, when I developed a writing program that kind of followed what I did, I took it to a hospital. I took it to a grief center. Everyone kept allowing me in and they're like, well, if people show up, you know, we'll let you do the program. Well, so people kept showing up and it was working. For mm. them, the same way that it worked for me. Wow. And so now, you know, for, we'll see how many years ago. Um, seven, 14 years later, after I published the original version, thousands of people have gone through the program. It, it's, it works. I mean, it works for people that are drawn to that type of a program. And so I wanted to do a second edition that would incorporate that program. Mm-hmm. So I have the series of writing prompts and I have stories that I think are meaningful to people that are just now entering the whole grief journey about what others have gotten from different writing prompts. So that's in a nutshell, kind of beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And, and you know, grief is a huge subject for us as human beings especially now it's i mean we're we're always experiencing grief as people who are mortal but um but especially now um there are so many people who are suffering and um so what would you say i mean this is probably a, a really difficult question or not i don't know but take as much time as you need um what is it about writing that helps grief well i Okay, when I was doing it as a teenager, you know, I would have these big, you know, angst filled (laughs) issues in my life and they got worked out on the paper, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't I didn't have anyone in my family that I could really talk to. And so this is my dialogue about things and this is how I figured things out and got rid of anxiety and and cleared just things that I didn't want to have to carry with me. Um, but so I knew that. I knew that it was it was um, healing in some undefined way for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what has happened in, in the years since then is science is finally interested in what is happening to people when they do something like have a writing outlet. And there is um, evidence that when you're writing and you're writing truthfully, you're really, you're really putting yourself out there on the paper, whatever you feel, you're not editing it. You're just getting it out. Right. That there is a chemical release in the brain that calms you down. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of anxiety with grief because, sure. you know, people have to suddenly, their life has completely changed. Mm-hmm. The rug got pulled out from under them. They don't know where they're, what they're going to be like. They don't know how they're going to live. So that anxiety can really be helped by writing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I've learned, and this is related to grief, but also related to life When you are going through something big, um, and I'll give you the example that I can't get out of my own head. There was a group of like 50-something men in England who had been job eliminated. So they had worked in this company their whole career. It's all they knew. They're not very good at expressing their emotions anyway because they're men. They're 50-something. And so they did a study, and they had a group who – didn't write anything at all. They didn't do any writing about what they were going through. They had a group who wrote every day. They wrote like, oh, today I went to McDonald's and I had a hamburger today. I, you know, and then the third group wrote about what they were feeling and, and really went through it. Honestly, mm-hmm. that third group was dramatically faster at pulling their lives back together, not only getting another job, but getting a better job, like improving their lives. So to me, the the impact of writing can really change your life. Yeah. So when you're going through grief, the reason that matters is that you know you can't walk through your whole life under that dark, heavy cloud. You know you can't do that. And so writing is a way to process your way out of that mm-hmm. at your own pace mm-hmm. um, in ways that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of guilt. People have guilt about moving on and right. things like that. And um, anyway, those are the things that come to mind for me that really are valuable. Yeah, I love what you said about it, <clears throat> about doing it in your own way, you know, because grief is very personal. We think like, okay, this, you know, this is what grief looks like. This is, and there are general rules about, you know, um, the, the silliest of all being, you know, that there's a time limit on grief, which of course there isn't, it's every, you know, our own experience of it and our processing of it is very personal. Oh, I totally agree with that. There, I mean, there are universal things that we all share about grief, but there's an equal amount of very, very personal things that people have to really work out on their own. And, you know, this is bringing to mind many people who came, have come to my program. They've been to a kind of typical grief support group where you sit in a circle and people share you know, they're what they've been through and, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And many of them have said, you know, I've been going to that for years and I don't feel like I've moved the needle of my grief at all. Right. So there's an element for me of, of that creative process is pulling from your unique place mm-hmm. as a human being, as someone who's grieving. And so I, you know, I have a typically four weeks, you know, like a two hours a week and four weeks and people dramatically move the needle in their grief. So I know that there's something about being active, actively engaging like that and, Mm. and just freeing the energy that comes with having an outlet like that. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about it too, you know, there are some people who feel maybe that they, they can't handle it. The pain is so great that to actually write about a loved one who has passed, maybe just too much. What kind of advice can you give to someone who might feel that way? Well, it's valid. I mean, it's a valid fear. I, I, I have two thoughts about it. One of them is I really feel that we've all been programmed to fear our feelings no matter what they are, that we're afraid of them. They're too big for us. We can't handle them. Mm-hmm. And I, I disagree with that completely. I think we were built to, to not only be able to deal with them, but that dealing with them is truly the only way to yes. continue to find a healthy way through life. But it's, a, it's really different. People who go through my program were in a room together. And so they feel more confident being together like that. There are people who prefer to go off and do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're fine working through it, you know, on their own. But in all the people that I've led, and it's been a lot, there's been one person whose feelings were too big for them. Mm. So I, I've never forgotten that because it can happen. Sure. And I think the more that we step up to the act of living our fully who we are, how we feel, acknowledging our feelings, um, the stronger we get and the more we can gauge like, oh my gosh, I think I need help right now. I think these feelings are really scary to me. That's the time when you reach out and find a friend, a therapist, you know, you find a church, you know, like clergy, like anyone that you would typically go to when, when you're really dealing with something that big. But that's why I have a desire because I feel so limited in terms of how many workshops I can do that I want to do something online where I'm actually there and I'm live and people can feel the sense that we're all in a group together. And that's my goal is after the first of the year to, to figure out how to make that happen. Because what I believe is that for the people who are comfortable on their own, my new book is going to be gold for them. But for people who want and need more of the interaction, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hoping I can hit on a really good solution for them too. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so let's talk about the book a little bit. Um, there's, 
definitely a spiritual aspect to the book. That's a huge part of the book, not just the the practical nature of writing through your grief. Um, I wonder one of my favorite one of my favorite parts of the book was the story of your lost wedding ring. And I wonder if you could just tell us that story very briefly. And it just it, when I read it, my jaw dropped. But go ahead. I know. I know. It was, it was a big moment in my life. So my mother had come to I, a year before this. My mother had come to visit. I was going through back surgery and my husband was doing everything, cooking, cleaning, yard work, blah, 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 you know, and I'm laying in a bed. It was just awful. So she came to help cook and just clean and do things. At that time, she was on her way to a diagnosis of cancer. It was like, we didn't know that, but a month or two later, she was on her way out the door, like literally it was weird. But while she was there, my husband was out doing yard work and he lost his wedding band. It was in the fall. We had gone through so much to pick the rings and it was just, it was unacceptable to me that we wouldn't find it. Mm -hmm. So he tried everything. He looked, I was out there all the time looking a year and a half, a year or a year and a half later, every time I went out to do yard work, I had it in my head. Yeah. We had this compost bin in the back and it's in the fall. It's like a day before Thanksgiving. And that was our wedding anniversary. I'm cleaning out the bed. She's up on the roof, getting the leaves out of the gutters. It's a really warm day, odd, oddly warm. And I, I'm out by the compost bin and I've got my bucket and I've got my shovel. And I just pounded the shovel in the dirt and said, mom, I know if you can help me find this ring, you can help me now more than you ever could. I want to get that ring back. And so I shovel all this dirt in the bucket, take it out to the front garden dump the bucket and literally on the top of the pile of dirt is that ring. And I honestly, Rachel, I, people talk about having out of body experiences. (laughs) I had one and it was, I don't even know if that's the right term for it. Everything went silent. (laughs) I, I like, I heard nothing. I felt like I had been plucked off of the planet and was in this strange reality. But anyway, I stuck it in my pocket and I went in, I got ready and I drove to the mall and I had them clean the ring up. I still had the box that we bought it in, but, you know, wrapped it up and gave it to him when we went out to dinner to celebrate our anniversary. And that was just unbelievable. But it's like, I, I had had so many encounters with her, but none of them were so obvious like I said mom I need you and she delivered and it was that quick wow that's amazing I love that story thank you for sharing that um so uh a couple of things you know and and you you already touched on this a little bit um you know other ways that that we encounter our our departed loved ones people who are not on this plane anymore is through dreams and and dreaming and i wonder you know um if you could speak to that too a lot of people some of my patients who have lost loved ones and are working through grief and therapy 
<clears throat> say, well, I have dreams about them, but that's not the sound. And I'm saying, wait, stop, stop. You know, that means something. I mean, it does to me uh, from a shamanic perspective, you know, dream time is just as real as, as this ordinary reality as well. And so oftentimes I have found, especially dreams about my father who died 20 years ago, uh, he still comes and visits me and I pay close attention when he talks yeah. to me, yeah. you know, like what, you know? Yes. Um, but uh, yeah. So if you could talk about the dreaming aspect a little bit. I can. And, you know, I, it, my whole journey was self like self taught. Like I was just in the moment witnessing my own grief and all these experiences that I had no prior orientation to know how to talk about them, how to think about them. So I had a series of three dreams that were, they felt bigger than a dream to mm. me. That was my, that was my um, experience of it. And the reason it, it felt bigger than a dream to me is that it, it fulfilled me. Like I really had been with her mm. in a way that, I don't know if I've ever had a dream about her that didn't feel that big, but I think I have. These, this was like this series of three dreams told the story about her. And she was there and I was there and other people in our lives were there. And, and some really uncanny things came through the dreams that I, it's like, if I go there, we'll be on this, we'll be on this for an hour. But um, <laughs> I believe, and of all the people that I've worked with, they know what I mean when you say bigger than a dream, like it's mm -hmm. more than a dream. Yes. You truly feel like you have somewhere in some reality been together. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I, there's, you know, the, the thing that was so, um, such a relief for me is that when I went to market with my, my ideas and my program, um, I didn't know how it would be received mm -hmm. because it was really kind of out of the ordinary in 2008. I mean, there, we were a far, we were far away from where we are today in terms of our openness to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But what I found was that people were starving mm -hmm. to be able to share the things that were happening for them and to be in a group that didn't tell them what to think about it or tell them not to think about it, but help them find a way to integrate the meaning of it within their particular context. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So dreaming's important and pay attention to your dreams, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the, the letter writing. So you wrote to your mother, and we've talked about how cathartic that was and to be able to communicate. But then there's a whole section of the book where your mother writes back. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Well, it, it, it caught me off guard. I mean, I, I kept having these experiences where I felt her near and I would acknowledge it. And then I talked myself out of it like that just kept happening. <laughs> and so, but I kept feeling this tap on my shoulder, like there's more to say, there's more to say here, but I had no idea what. And so my, um, the day that my, of my mom's funeral, there had been a hawk that flew above the hearse from 
the funeral home to the cemetery. And a friend of mine was in a car behind the hearse, told me about it. And I'm like, wow. And then I saw hawks all over for a long time. So during this period when I'm trying to figure out what is it I really need to say here, I'm sitting on my back patio having a cup of coffee journaling, really wondering what is, what am I, I don't know what to do here. Um, and this hawk lands on my backyard fence. I had never seen a hawk in my backyard. It wasn't that big of a yard. The hawk was huge. It's like this eyeball moment, you know, and my hair stood on end. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, what did that mean? What did that mean? So the following day, literally one day later, I'm back out there writing again. What? What am I meant to do here? The hawk flies into my backyard from my right, maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away. And it it was huge. And it flapped its wings. And I felt the air on my arm. And I, here's what I did with it. Mom? (laughs) (laughs) she's like duh I know really duh. so I I I decided to that I was going to let her write back and that I didn't know how to do that but I read every letter I had ever kept of hers I meditated and I just decided if there's any way that I could just stay out of my own way and let this come through Mm -hmm. maybe something good will happen And what ended up happening for me and for everyone I take through the program were blown away by the fact that it didn't sound like me. Mm -hmm. And it really didn't even sound totally like her, Uh but Uh like an evolved version. of. Yeah. I was going to say when I read it, I, I, I experienced that too. It was very interesting. Um, the, the voice is very distinct. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the way that happened. It was all, you know, spontaneity, mm-hmm. being being willing to get on this river of life and grief and allow it to take you right. forward is what I feel I did mm-hmm. and I help other people do. We get so rigid in our in our ideas yes. about things yeah. that yeah. Um, it's this journey of being in flow and being open and allowing ideas to come in that, I don't know, they're worth looking at. So. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, the, that's what came to mind as you were saying it is grief uh, shut down, right? Instead of what if we, you know, I don't know, those of us who have had children understand, they say, breathe into your contractions, relax right. into the pain. And that's kind of the same thing where you, where you're, you're relaxing into the pain and letting, letting it carry you and see where it goes. And, and I think um, that speaks a lot to being able to work with what it gives you. I agree. Yeah. That's a really good analogy too. Um, definitely. I think that, and you know, I, I don't know, people probably think I'm a little bit crazy, but I believe that there is, there's a, you know, death is a mystery. We don't know anything for sure about anything. And so the mystery is when you enter that willingly, there is an element of, 
there's there's just an element of something that elevates you. Mm. And it is probably coming back to the spiritual that you mentioned before. I think we don't tend to take a journey like that until we're confronted with, wait a minute, they, I can't see them anymore. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Is there still a connection? Um, so there's a, it's almost a, it's almost like an uplifting element that comes through the journey. Yeah. Beautiful. Now this is, um, a, a small departure from what we're talking about, but not really. Can this practice, this writing practice be done with the living? In other words, someone we've lost due to estrangement. I absolutely think death is symbolic. Mm-hmm. We can lose. When we lose a job, there's something in us that has to die. When we lose a relationship, you know, the death is partly that, that two-way connection, but it's also partly within, like, what, what has to give way within me for new life to come in? in a relationship, in a job, in a whatever it might be. Mm. And I've had people go through my program who were dealing with a variety of things, even a pet, mm-hmm, you know, sure. people have, have done pet grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it takes them a little bit of time if it's a relationship, a divorce or whatever, but they get there. Mm-hmm. Our psyches are infinitely brilliant and wise Mm -hmm. and when we do creative work that's the part of us that comes through Mm -hmm. yeah beautifully said thank you uh so how can listeners find the book and um and or your programs when you start uh doing them again what's the best way to uh get make sure they get a copy of of the second edition well, um, the easiest way will be to go to Kathy Curtis Inc. and that's I-N-K dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, I sign up for my newsletter. I'm, I'm not, I don't like bombarding people with just, you know, just to stay in front of them. I don't even believe in doing that. But when I have something I want to share that may be of help, I communicate it through the emails that go out. So I would do that. You can also keep an eye out on Amazon.com. That's where you know, that's where the book will be until, you know, it it may make it into other stores, but that's where I'm starting. Okay. Okay. So that's Kathy Curtis, Inc. INK.com. And I will put this in the show notes. So everyone has it. Um, Thank you so much, Kathy. It was lovely having you back and I'm very excited for your new book. Thank you. I really appreciate you talking about such an important subject and giving us a path to work with grief. It's, it's very helpful. Well, I'm really grateful that you give me the opportunity to share it. So thank you.